Welcome to the Circle 31 Podcast. I'm your host, Ayana Robinson-Dixon, and this is The Love Series. My guest today sat down to speak with us one week before her wedding day. She has a beautiful testimony of loss and restoration. Now here is my interview with Megan Schroeder. Hi, my name is Megan Warvoff, soon to be Megan Schroeder, and I am from Warsaw, Indiana, and currently I am engaged and I will be married in less than two weeks. Well, Megan, uh, congratulations and thank you for joining us today on the Circle 31 podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I, I just want to just dive right into our discussion and ask how can the body of Christ better serve singles? Absolutely. Um, I actually really love this question because um, I, so I am actually also a widow and I was single um, as a minister until I was 27. And so I had a lot of adult life experience as a single in the church. And it's not always the easiest role to have in the church being a single female because there's always this expectation that like the goal of Christian life is marriage. Um, It's kind of one of those unwritten things that no one expressly says, but it's just kind of there in the way that people talk about your life as a single person. So I think that the body of Christ can better serve singles in the way that we program our events and make sure that when we are programming things like that, like this is specifically like for churches and ministries, um, but like the way that we program them to include single people in our planning, just, just even giving them thought of, would this be something that would be fun for them, that would be beneficial for them, that would help build their relationships and, um, not just kind of throwing them in on the top at the end and saying like, oh yeah, you guys can come too. But intentionally as a church programming things that will help them develop relationships without it being focused on finding a husband or finding a wife. Mm -hmm. And then also I think just in um, like Christian friendships, I think that sometimes married couples, especially like married with kids, start to think, oh, well, my single friends don't want to come over. They don't want to be a third wheel that, you know, there's a lot of chaos in my home. Um, But even just inviting a single Christian friend over for a meal is a huge deal. Because a lot of times we spend a lot of our time alone. And even just being included into someone's family, especially if it's a single person that lives away from their family, uh, maybe they're a young professional that's moved for their job, that is a huge thing that they're missing is that community of family feel. And so if there are families within the church that they're attending that are willing to step outside and say, hey, we want you to come be like part of our family. And I'm thankful that I've had that pretty much every church where I've worked as I've grown up in this, you know, single life um, where they've invited me into their family, where I even felt comfortable just going into their house through the garage because I was part of their life. Mm 
So I think that those are definitely ways that we can include singles better and help them know that they are loved and cared for. I think, Megan, you just brought out some really great points of just being intentional mm-hmm. and thinking about the whole person, not yeah. just their marital status. That Those are some really good gems. It leads to the next question, and you touched on this a bit, but what mistakes do you believe the church has made in addressing the needs of singles? Yeah, I think that we do make quite a few mistakes in the way that we um, minister to singles. The first one is that we assume that all singles are in their like early 20s. So when we have some sort of young adult ministry or singles ministry, it's geared more toward that age group. But I'm in my mid 30s at this point and I'm single again. I mean, I'm engaged. So like not currently, but I was for a while after my first husband passed away. And so even as someone who is in ministry, that is my job. I'm a children's minister. It is sometimes hard to feel like there's a place for me to fit in because I'm not a super young adult who's in college and expected kind of to be single, but I'm also not married with kids at this stage of life, which is typical in the church. And so finding a place for those young adults or sorry, not young adults for those singles to fit in and feel loved and like they're contributing to the body of Christ is super important. And I definitely do not think we've done that well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we also, like I said earlier, make it sound like the goal of the Christian life sometimes is marriage and kids. And not everyone has that in God's plan for their life. And I think that we definitely do a disservice to single people when we say, oh, just wait, just wait. Well, we're people now who should be serving God, who should be having community, who should be involved and loving people and being loved by people. And when we tell them, oh, just wait, God's got something great for you. Well, maybe that something great is happening right now. Mm -hmm. And so we need to encourage them to really dig into meeting people in their workplace and being Jesus to the people that they encounter every day, which is what every Christian should be doing, no matter what their marital status is. Wow, that that's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask, you were a married woman who abruptly became single. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us how the community of believers supported you during that time? Yeah, absolutely. So at the time I was living in California with my husband and he actually um, died by suicide. So it was a very dramatic, traumatic situation. And I'm from Indiana. So I was working at a church out there. They were very loving, very supportive. They all came around me. Um, I only stayed out there about four more days before I moved back to Indiana. And I moved back home with my sister and my mom. And so I started going back to my home church that I'd grown up in as a child. And I had already built really strong relationships with people that were there because that was where I had lived a lot of my life up until that point. And so those people really made sure that I was included and that I felt like I could go to their Bible study. Um, And the only hard part was 
a few weeks after I got there, their Bible study had already planned to do a marriage study. And so I was like, well, I will not be doing that. (laughs) So I transitioned during that time to helping with music with the kids because the kids met at the same time as that Bible study. And so there was still a spot for me to be, uh, but there wasn't like a small group for me to attend at that time. So that was kind of hard. Uh, But they definitely did their best to include me and um, prayed over me all the time. I mean, I would get, I still get letters sometimes of people that have said, hey, I've been praying for you for the last three years and I've been following you on Instagram and seeing your story and seeing how God is using you. And it's just been really impactful to see the way that literally the church is living out what God says is true religion, which is taking care of widows and orphans. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was overwhelmed by the amount of love and support that I got. There were definitely times where in church, I still felt very lonely Mm -hmm. because that church that I was attending had no other single adults. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there might've been a couple, but um, it was also COVID. And so it was just really hard to connect with anyone anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but of the people that I saw, none of them were um, single or even without, like there were only a few people that were without kids that were around my age. So there was definite struggle to connect on that level, just because it kind of felt like I didn't fit. Mm-hmm. Now, as a woman that has experienced loss, and now you're experiencing quite an exciting season in your life, um, what did your season of singleness teach you? Yeah, so like I said, I've had kind of two major seasons of singleness. And the first one, you know, like I said, I I didn't even date anyone until I was 27. And so I learned a lot about how much God can use someone who, who doesn't have to balance work life as much. (laughs) Um, You know, I didn't have to come home and, you know, make dinner. I didn't have to come home and take care of the kids. I didn't have to wake up early and take the kids to practice or, you know, make my husband lunch before he left. Like I didn't have any of those things. So I was able to do so much more in ministry and in the church than I kind of do now or what I did when I was married, just because I didn't have like someone else I had to be responsible to for my time. And so it also made me super independent and um, knowing that that independence only comes because I'm dependent on God. Um, So like I knew, okay, there are things I'm just going to have to learn how to do on my own. Mm -hmm. And there are also things that make me feel very alone. Mm -hmm. And those things that make me feel very alone are the things that I really needed to hand over to God all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then especially after losing my first husband and being single for a while, that was a lot about allowing God to heal my heart. Mm. And so for anyone who, you know, may have been in a serious relationship, whether that was a marriage or an engagement or just a serious, like long-term relationship, and then you're suddenly single again, like 
you have to take the time to let God heal your heart. And he does. And restoration of your heart doesn't come by getting in a new relationship. Um, (laughs) I've said that so many times, like I love my fiance and I know that a lot of what God has done in my life, he has now done through Travis, but he had done so, so, so much in my heart between the time that Alex died and the time that I met Travis. So God just constantly revealed to me, like, you have to be dependent on me. You have to rely on me. Being single is okay. Like I, (laughs) the goal of life, I've said it before, like the goal of life is not always marriage for every person. Mm -hmm. And I honestly didn't know if I would ever be in a relationship again. You know, when you've gone through something that's so traumatic and so hard, it's really hard to open your heart up to someone again and trust that it's going to be different. Mm. But I mean, God just, I i don't know. He kept like putting on, putting it in my mind. Like, I think you're okay. Like, I think you can try this again. And I was like, I don't know, God, this doesn't really sound like something I am really super interested in doing, but I'll try. <laughs> and um, some of it was definitely loneliness. I had just moved away from my mom and my sister Um, so I live about an hour away from them now because I started a new job at a church and I was definitely like lonely because I was starting over and, um, trying to build new relationships. And so I was like, well, I'll just try online dating again. And, um, Travis just happened and, you know, God brought him as like a very sweet gift to my heart. And, um, it's been really great but it's also been hard. (laughs) Like that transition of being very independent, being very kind of selfish with my time and learning how to share that with someone again has been an interesting ride. (laughs) Quite a transition, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes I feel bad for Travis. (laughs) So what has been the one constant in your relationship with God in each season of your life so far? Yeah, I think it's just remembering that life is not about perfection. Like God doesn't ever expect perfection from me. Like that is, that is what he desires. Like that is what he requires. However, he knows that we can't achieve that. And so it's all through grace. And I think that, that that's been a huge part of my journey in life in general is just like remembering that God's grace is sufficient for every part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, his grace was sufficient when, you know, I was struggling through my first marriage and my husband's mental health issues. He was sufficient, like, God is sufficient for me when Alex died and I was at the bottom of my life. I had no idea what I was going to do. God is sufficient when I've been the happiest I've been ever, you know, God is sufficient when I'm starting a new ministry. God is sufficient when I'm single. God is sufficient at all times for every stage of my life. And I think that it's sometimes easy, especially for single people in the church to feel a lot of discontentment. And when we remember and always put it in our minds that 
God is sufficient for every stage of our lives. Mm. It helps with that. And it helps us to be content with the circumstances that he's placed us in. Mm. And just remembering that like your circumstances do not define you, but rather your identity with Christ is what defines you. And so if you're single, like your identity is not being a single person. Your identity is being a follower of Jesus. If you're married, your identity is not your husband or wife. Your identity is your relationship with Jesus. And so that's been kind of one of the big things is like, I don't have to be perfect. God's grace is sufficient for every stage of my life. Wow. That's beautifully put. Megan, I wanted to ask if you don't mind, I know that there are two scriptures that are significant to you. And I was going to ask if you don't mind uh, sharing those two of Isaiah 61, three, and then Psalm 18. What do those scriptures mean to you? Yeah. So Isaiah 61, three says, and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And for me, that one has really just constantly reminded me that beauty can come out of something that's really, really hard. And I have really seen that in the way that God healed and restored and is still doing those things in my life after losing my first husband, because it just felt like in that moment, every dream I had shattered. Um, My whole future was completely different than the way that I had planned it. You know, you envision what your future will look like with the person that you're about to marry. And we had only been married for a year. And so we still had all of those dreams ahead of us. And in an instant, they were all gone. And so it is just a constant reminder for me that like, even in the midst of the really deep, dark things, God brings beauty and Mm. his grace takes those really hard things and makes something that is worthy out of it. Wow. So that one has been important. And that is actually um, a passage that's going to be read during our wedding Mm. next weekend. Um, just as a reminder that like Travis and I have both been through hard things and God brought us through those things and has given us something that's really joyful and that we can celebrate in the midst of things that were really hard. (laughs) So yeah. Beautiful. And then the other one is Psalm 18 and I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll just read a few verses for you. Mm -hmm. It says, I love you. O Lord, my strength, the Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My rock, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from my enemies. So shortly after I became a widow, I started following other widows on Instagram and I found one that had a very similar story to mine. Our marriages were very same and they similar and they ended in the same way. And so I was really, she was maybe like a year and a half ahead of me in the grief journey 
And so I was really just listening to her and trying to hear how God was working in her life. And, and it gave me hope to see how God would work in mine. And she challenged her followers to memorize Psalm 18. And if you've ever been through something traumatic, or if you've suffered like serious grief, you would know that it does something very strange to your mind. Um, I couldn't read hardly, and I had a hard time remembering things. And it was just like a grief fog at all times. And so trying to memorize something was extremely challenging. And I've always been a very academic person. So that was a like not being able to do those things was extremely frustrating for me. But I was like, I'm going to take on this challenge because the words of this scripture are ones that I desperately need right now. Mm. So I, I actually just found them because I'm getting ready to move. So I'm packing all my things. And I found the note cards that I had written Psalm 18 out on, and I've just taken with me everywhere I went. And if I was sitting in the car waiting for my niece to get picked up from school, I would pull those out and I would work on memorizing them just as a reminder that God is my fortress. He is my stronghold. He is the one that is going to take care of me. And I can't rely on other people to do that. I can't rely on the world to do that. I can't rely on myself to do that. I have to rely on him to be my deliverer, him to be the one that's going to take care of me in the midst of any situation in life. And so that's kind of where those two scriptures have played a big role in my life. And I think that they are so applicable for anyone that is gone through or going through something hard, whether it's a season of singleness that you don't want, or it's a season of loss or grief, or um, maybe you're just like in a season of blah, you know, like I feel like a lot of people are in that season right now. Yeah. You know, these last few years have been so hard mm-hmm. that we are all just kind of in this constant state of, oh, I don't know what to do with my life. Um, <laughs> those those scriptures are good to remind us that, you know, God is good and he takes care of his people and he wants us to turn to him and he wants to make good things out of the hard things for us. Megan, do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom you'd like to leave with our listeners? Um, I think I just want you all to know that your, again, your relationship status is not what makes you a person. <laughs> your relationship status is part of your circumstances. And if you've found someone that you believe God has called you to be with, that is awesome congratulations. Like that is, it is a beautiful gift from him when we have that, but it it can also be really hard when you don't. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage you all to find things that make you feel excited and passionate and a strong community that will build into you no matter what your life circumstances look like. Because when you plug into a local church and you plug into a small group and a community within that local church, it makes those seasons a whole lot better. 
it doesn't make them, you know, go away or disappear. And the goal is not to like find your spouse in your small group, but it, it makes it so that you feel like you're connected and you feel like you're being fed and you can encourage and love others as well. And that is what Christian community is about. It's really, really easy for singles to unplug from the local church because you don't feel fed and you don't feel seen. But I want you to try to find a church that will see you and love you and plug in and serve because that is the best way that you can build strong community is by serving in your local church. Megan, you've given us uh, so many great nuggets today and I'm believing God that the right people will hear um, our talk today and it can change the dynamic of how we do ministry and how we meet the needs of those who are not married. And I love all of the points that you made about um, we are individuals and our marital status does not define who we are. So I appreciate you speaking to this much needed uh, topic. And I know that God is going to use this to to encourage some and rebuke others. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a guest today on the Circle 31 podcast. Thank you. That concludes today's episode of the Love Series. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. Visit our website at circle31internationalwomensministry.org to sign up to receive podcast updates. And as a thank you for signing up, you will receive the 28-day Love Series Devotional Guide. Check out our YouTube channel for the Love Series playlist. It's a collection of our guests' favorite songs. You can find us on YouTube at Circle 31 Women's M-I-N. That's Circle 31 W-O-M-E-N-S-M-I-N. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Thank you for joining us today.